You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Talk she. Recorded live. Wait, wait, we got you. <laughs> We must have totally up. Okay, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. One, one more time. Take two. Take two. Okay. Take two. Get a Recorded live. An intro. The oh, intro music. Shocking. At the right time of the exactly. podcast. Exactly. I mean, you can start right. You do this in, in it was three and a half years. Totally happened. That is, I wish my staff in my dental office would have responded as quickly that, as you did in learning how to get oh, right after the man, intro. oh man. Hey, Brilliant. passionate one. This is our first show of 2010. Oh, no way. It is. We last haven't done a show this year yet. We haven't. We were here three days before Christmas of last oh, year. Oh my gosh. What have our listeners been doing? How do they survive I, without I, our brilliance? I don't know. It's a shocker. It is a shocker. And uh, even to sort of build on it, uh, tonight's show is going to be our top ten biggest mistakes. We, well, but see, it took years for us to make ten mistakes. <laughs> no, no, no. It took years for us to sort out which of our biggest mistakes we're going to put into the top ten. Right? Uh, there was hard so wheeling it there have been so many mistakes we've made in winemaking oh. over the years. Hey, uh, I just got to say, it is so fun to be back. I can't believe, I mean, you've been traveling like a madman, and I've been traveling. You've been traveling. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, well, you, but you're in demand. I'm not. I'm traveling just because hey, I have to. You, you know what? Wait, wait, wait. I'm talking. You're fixing people's teeth. Correct. So, and, and, but what? But you are definitely you definitely win this one because people were paying you to talk earlier than I. I would pay you <laughs> not. <laughs> true. Oh, true. If they only knew what I knew. Ah, yeah, yeah. But good for you. You've been all over the country. You're like coast to coast. I've been talking all over the place about social media. But you know what? I still think you're fixing people's teeth. That's. You know what, I have occasionally had, rarely, but, you know, uh, you have a problem with your mouth, and it's like nothing. Yeah, it's right. It's too close to your brain. You want it fixed. Exactly. I'll pay anything. No pain you can handle. A toothache is tough. No, exactly. But, no, no, I don't want to spend all night on it, but social networking, this is your expertise, Um, just in, in... 15 or 20 seconds, which is going to be almost impossible for you. <laughs> right. What is that? What's that the, hey, I'm like, so, uh, Dennis, I don't know what that means. Hey, we're talking, you know, how do you use Facebook or LinkedIn or Ning or these amazing tools? And actually, you know what? They're not even that amazing. They're just the next step forward. We had letters and then we had telegraphs and we had telephones and we had the Internet. Then we had... You know the World Wide Web and 
it, it just it evolves, and all I'm doing is I am getting out there, passionate one, and telling people how to use this newest generation of communication technology to connect to people. Uh, you know, customers, employees, suppliers, partners. Uh, it's uh, you know, it's it's not that it's not that big a deal, except that most people are not there yet. Most are not there. Yet. They aren't. Okay, in in across the board, and and it, no matter what phase of business you're in, well, we're making if we are if we are thirty years or younger, if we are Generation Y, ninety six percent of them are into uh, the social uh, media social right, network. I'll bet, right, I'll bet. It's the older folks. If you're even Gen X, 30 to 40, or heaven forbid, baby boomers, 40 and over, you know, that's where, okay, we're maybe a little behind the curve technologically. And typically, would you say most of the business owners a, are in that category? Is this a wine show or is this well, a Well, we're just getting show? caught up. It's been three just, months since the show. It we're has been a while. Um, and so, yeah, most business owners, I think, um, you know what, they're they're busy Running their businesses, serving their customers, so they're and they not haven't kept up on the yeah. sort of the, the leading in. edge of telecommunications, communications technology. So for sure, that's the issue. That's the opportunity. And so I am out there every a, day talking to these people. Incredible. But aren't we even using this technology right now? We are. Podcast. We're podcasting live, interactive, and so this is one way you can connect with uh, connect with people. Well, who are we? <laughs> who are we? There. We are the Stellar Dwellers. And I'm Dave Nelson. And I'm uh, the other guy. You're the other guy, the passionate one. I'm the numbers guy. And uh, we make wine. And we're here to talk about winemaking. And tonight's show has to be probably my favorite theme we've come up with. This is our number 70, 70th show. Oh, no way. 70. 70 shows. 70. And by the way, we've wasted that. <laughs> we have. And last month, three thousand people tuned into our last show, which we only you know recorded like a month before. Really? Yeah, three thousand people. Hey, thank you, three thousand fans. You. It's amazing. Oh, that's good to know that there's that many people interested in either already making wine or uh, looking forward to making. Hey, wine. this is a little miracle. That the fact you can get grapes and turn them into this amazing stuff. Uh, wine, which people love. And I love sharing wine with people. It's amazing. Did we ever figure out if wine is the oldest fermented beverage or is it beer? The b- Grain or grapes came first? I don't know. My, I'm not, I, I thought it was wine. I think you're right, wine. 5,000 years ago because, in Georgia, Russia. Uh, 6,000 6, years ago. And uh, we yeah, talked about the older. princess. A thousand this years, was back in episode years. number 12. Uh, you get a grape, which has a ton of sugar. And, you know, beer, frankly, you got to mix, like, hops and malt and water yeah, you and don't yeast. you have to. The hops okay, are but wait, wait, wait. for flavoring. I'm talking about grape. accidentally fermenting something. Wine drinking is saying, so oh, much easier. All you got to do is get a grape. Grape with some sugar in it, and you add the yeast, and there's the wine. Yeah, but they didn't have to add yeast. It was natural. No, it was natural. Exactly. That's the whole point. So, so here we are, 6,000 years later. <laughs> exactly. Just... Talking about how to do it. Oh, amazing. Well, hey, folks, uh, for joining in, uh, we we notified people all of about two hours before this episode went live 
on a Saturday night, which is like the lowest listenership you can find in live podcasting. Uh, but you know well, what? We're pulling it off. We are because we're going. Time? We're uh, the Olymp- We're going against the Olympics. Uh, we're going skiing later this week, which yes. is why we can't do this on Monday or Sunday. We're here on a Saturday to talk about uh, the ten winemaking. the ten biggest mistakes we've made in winemaking. Let me ask you this: Do you have any stats on how home winemaking has grown in the past? Uh, Five years since, um, no, gosh, seven years since we've been making wine. Oh, three, right? Oh, three Zin was our first Zin. Yeah. Over over seven years. I'm just wondering, that's a stat I'd like to know, how it's grown. I'm sure it has. I just don't have a good feel for how much. It seems that more and more people are buying kits, people I run into that that have checked out the podcast, friends that know we make wine are saying, hey, I'm going to try making some this year, you know, which is wonderful. I mean, encourage it all the way around. Anybody who has any, um, you know, uh, genial relationship to Italy, right, Uh, you know, their winemaking. They were already doing it before we Exactly, long before we were. Which is wonderful. Uh, We're new to this game. Um, I'll, I'll, we, we're almost a decade into it. Can you yeah. believe that? Yeah, seven and a half years. Amazing. We're getting yeah, it. Yeah, back to 2003 was our first... Uh, and damn it, we're going to get it right sooner <laughs> or later. But in the meantime, we can keep misleading people. <laughs> As we have for 70 shows. Oh, man. Oh, uh, right. Top 10 winemaking mistakes. Now, uh, how about uh, we've we've gotten some emails here. I, I got a. We our, got email. We did. Here's a. Uh, Not the IRS again. Our email theme. I think this is. Coming across, hopefully not. Uh, Last show, we were talking about this. Uh, you can get it to fade out without touching it. It is amazing, isn't it? You're getting it's, good. Uh, you know, shocking. Guy, you're amazing. right. Amazing. Uh, we were doing the uh, this magnetic thing. That, Boring? Uh, yes, that's right. Pouring I was wine very wine. skeptical, very skeptical about this thing. I mean, how could pouring wine through some kind of weird magnet change its flavor? But we did two blind tests, both of us, and we both on two different tests. And that was just on that show. I had done multiple tests, which is why I even presented brought the wine gadget. Did you bring the wine gadget for tonight? I uh, no, uh, no. Okay, you. (laughs) Me neither. Was I clear on that? Exactly. Well, like most shows, we didn't plan ahead this time, but uh, I, I got this email, which says I need to explain to you a bit about how our newly invented product works, because we were. Even though we were amazed about the wine magnet, um, it seemed to make things taste better or more aged, older, more complex. Uh, we were skeptical. So this, uh, this email from uh, uh, Ziggy says, The wines are made of grapes. The grape skin, seed, and stems can contain tannin. Okay, you with me so far? I'm with you so far. Uh, tannin is compounded with phenol to flavor. Uh, the wine is aged by oxidation. Okay, so far, so good. I'm with them. Um, and um, this compound, which will be chemically combined with one by one by oxidation to form a chain of molecules. I don't know if I buy quite all of the 
um, English here, but I do agree that uh, wine, as it ages, it is about putting shorter molecules together to form right. longer molecules. And we've talked right. about I think that's that, okay, so, so far so there's no controversy. Okay, right? the longer the chain is, and the older the wine is. Okay, so I'm I'm sort of with it. it that's part of the tannin not breaking down, but be, but these molecules becoming longer, becoming chains, longer, right? Taking some of that greenness and harshness out of it. Okay, so. Okay. Um, Ziggy goes on to say, our product is just a magnetizer. When a conductive fluid, in this case wine, passes through a magnetic field, this is all sort of sounding scientific. I'm sort of <laughs> buying it so far. Sorry, I forgot there was a quiz. <laughs> right? An electrical <laughs> charge is created. Our device is having a dipole. Um, uh, is this working for you, dipole? Uh, electrical field or ions through some magnets or something? Is the magnet the di dipole? I don't know. Our device is having a dipole where the fluid will be cut through the magnetic field 90 degrees with respect to the line of field. Okay, so I could sort of get to 90 degrees. All right. This guy's like a little bit too uh, short or technical, whatever. But... 90 degrees, the magnet goes that way, the wine is going this way. Right. Okay, I'm sort of with that. Okay, so we got the 90 degrees with respect to the field. Once it is cut through the field, an ionization is induced on the molecules. Hence, each group of phenol will lose a hydrogen and have a minus charge. I'm, so then they want to hook up. I'm, you know, this is just sounding scientific enough to be plausible. <laughs> If not confusing. Okay. Hey, we've convinced people we know how to make wine. Okay, so the effect will uh, cause the ionized groups of molecules to form a virtual chain, which will be physically similar to aged wine. The effect will last for only 15 days, but of course, we're That's not a problem. 15 seconds. That's not a problem. Right? Okay, enough time for drinking. You know, 15 days. We call our product uh, Age Wine Instantly Using Magnetic. Um, so I don't want to go on and on, but uh, so we're getting some feedback on some science behind the magnet. Yeah, huh? exactly. Well, I can. All I can say is through multiple, and we did it that night a couple of times we on did. the show. But I've experienced that magnet probably half a dozen, ten times. And with By the way, I'm playing the, I'm playing the uh, gadget theme here. This is the gadget theme? This is the gadget theme. Well, we don't have a gadget for tonight. Well, we're talking about the gadget. Oh, all right, then play the theme. There we go. <laughs> Thank you, David, for Thank the wine you, David, gadget. California. This is the magnetizing, you know, pour the wine through the 90-degree kind of magnetic field. But I have to say, we have a one, I've experienced a 100% agreement or pick of the wine through the magnet as tasting not different in terms of flavor but more mellow which is what aging can do with yeah. the, with yeah. the uh, more a little more um, complex complex molecules 100% of the people have picked blindfold the wine through the magnet so hey i um, just got to do a shout out here to Tom, uh, to tim who says great book for anyone who's listening the History of the World in Eight Glasses. 
That sounds like a fun book. That sounds like a really fun yeah, book. Yeah, I think that'd be good. Okay, let's get right to the topic for the night. Our top ten biggest mistakes in making vino. Which um, is amazing you were able to narrow, narrow it down, down to, to ten. ten. But uh, uh, let me do number one here. I'll do the odds, you do the evens. Is that a fair deal there, a passionate one? Are you, is one odd? Uh, <laughs> I think it is. Last okay. I checked. All right. Well, you're odd enough. Hey, Let I'm going to start with serious because, folks, the number one biggest mistake you can make in making wine is uh, too much oxygen. And uh, if you're putting it in oak barrels or maybe anywhere else. Or a carboy. Yeah, you get a little bit of uh, either uh, evaporation or absorption or whatever. And then suddenly the level goes down, air comes in, or there's lots of other ways that you get too much uh, air or oxygen, and that is that's that's the that's the number one mistake people make, number one mistake we've ever made. So, so where would you say the greatest introduction of oxygen occurs? Oh, there's so many uh, choices there, but just based on time. I'm going to say if you let your barrels or carboys, or containers, whatever. Yeah, whatever your container is, um, go down, then for days or weeks or months, you've got oxygen exposure. Um, the other places that are risks are when you're racking it, okay, so you're draining it out. Uh, when you're bottling it, um, you know, that's when you're, you know, filling your bottles. There's certainly other places, but... Those are short periods of time, and in the scheme of things, small surface area that's uh, you know getting exposed. So I think it is. Uh, however, you're storing it. I think that's where you got the trouble. And in the racking, and, and any time you're moving the wine around, whether you're racking or bottling. But you mentioned if you when when the wine level goes down, but that doesn't that really only occur in in true barrels, oak barrels, that really doesn't occur in a carboy. And, if, and, and would it be safe to say that if you've got your stop and your airlock on your carboy, that you're pretty safe, or should folks be more cautious than that? Well, mostly passionate one. I'm going to agree with you that uh, carboys, because it's you know it's mostly glass, you're okay. But we did have a problem, as you'll recall. Our one with really our, bad one. Our airlock, right? With, with an airlock. And right. the airlock, um, it was the orange caps that went over the outside of the carboys. That, right, almost uh, like a Tupperware kind of yeah, thing exactly. rather than a cork kind of going right, into the, the interior into the inserting, uh, you know, like, like you said, the cork. Uh, those outer orange caps, they did not seal well. And we had a one very bad uh, five-gallon experience with that. That's five that's gallons were shot. Twenty-five. Yeah. That's two cases. Twenty-five yeah. bottles. Now, in fairness to those caps, that was probably our fourth year of using them, roughly. And I don't know if that had any effect in washing and heat and cleaning. You know, it's still. It's, you know, I appreciate your generosity. But, but we decided not to use them. Exactly. Things. Stay away that from One those. bad experience. Yeah, anything yeah. that sort of clips over the outer side, uh, you know what, uh, purple or orange, we had uh, bad luck with those. Bad luck. So oxygen, I know also a lot of folks will 
a lot of folks actually in home winemaking, they're only doing five or ten gallons, so they may have one or two carboys. They actually finish or do most of their fermentation in the carboy with an airlock. Well, are, are you have you talked to folks that have done that? A lot of my friends that have made wine don't have a fermentation vat, right? And then I'm okay into a, a I'm carboy. okay with that, but you want to keep that carboy topped way up to the top. You just do not especially want when the fermentation anything. is completed. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If, Which, if, by the way, if you don't. If have but, extra wine, go buy a bottle right. of... Right. Oh, great suggestion. Right? Go buy oh. a, a magnum of whatever stuff exactly. wine you're making. You know what? If you're racking it and, and you're down a little bit, a, a quart or a half gallon or whatever, uh, you're so right. Uh, you do not want to leave that air, that oxygen on the wine. And um, go buy a, you know, a bottle of something basic. Uh, right. Yellowtail Shiraz right, mix it in, whatever, right. but get it topped up because that air is your enemy, and specifically the oxygen. All right, that uh, is the number that, two. Uh, you know what? I have to agree with you. It, that is the number one. one. That is the number one. We should have gone one. in reverse order because that oh, is. You're right. We should have counted. Like that. David Letterman right. countdown. Okay, let's take it oh. back. All right, what was the <laughs> the least? <laughs> no, what's your number? We'll two? go to number two. Number two. This, actually, I'm in error. This is way worse than too much sauce. Oh, seriously? Oh, yeah. No. It is no, making no, the is... wine in your basement. Oh, oh, oh. Where there's you too know? much evaporation and quality control going on. Wait, wait. One has to. You are not appreciating my effort to quality control day after day, hour after hour. You know? i got to taste that stuff to make sure that... You know, it's not gone bad. Hence the 2,000 pounds of grapes, I get eight bottles at the end. Eight? Uh, I must have been over well, generous that year. Actually, you're you're being nice because, you know, one of the things, um, I know there's also groups of folks that will put wine clubs together, which I think is an awesome idea. And But ultimately, um, you have to sort of make and manufacture and ferment and press and rack and age in a facility, and Dave has been generous to do it. He only has the ideal basement for it, which which I did not, so it worked out and well that way. a cement floor but, that has a drain oh, in the middle. Oh, and, of course, that is like... You help me put in that, uh, that uh, the sink with the faucet. The sink, yeah, and having, having which was that there, which, which, was, which was a good idea, but... I know that it means that whoever takes on that responsibility takes on a lot of responsibility of checking temperatures and fermentation and racking, and so I do appreciate that. But um, I appreciate my four to eight bottles of grapes. It is awfully good. Uh, You know what? Uh, You know, a ton of grapes, eight bottles, that's that's the math. Yeah, So, number three. All right, you want to know my number three sort of biggest mistake? Um, I think it is this, and I think a lot of people make this mistake, and I don't know why if you're going to put all the time into making wine and all the effort and all the yeast and all the love and the communing with the sun and the moon, and you don't use the best quality grapes. Buy the best grapes you can get. That, because that is a mistake, folks. Make. You can make a bad wine out of good grapes, for sure. But you can't make a good wine out of bad grapes. So you start can. with the good grapes. And 
is this not the, our secret to success? This is yeah. This we, isn't actually a mistake that we've made. We, we do not. We, we always go stuff from the, yeah, the very, very best grapes we can get. Carl, our great man. Exactly. And you know what? We have You're going to spend. Uh, you know, so let's say you spend instead of eighty cents a pound, you spend a buffet, which is the most we've ever done. And, so, and if the average person's making five to twenty uh, gallons. Uh, how many pounds? What would be the? What would be the? Can we quickly do the math and figure out the? You cost? know what? The the delta there on what we just talked about, since it takes about three pounds to make a bottle, so you're spending an extra two dollars in grapes to make a great bottle of wine versus a really um, sort of typical <laughs> bad drink it quick. You know, this tastes bad. like homemade right. wine. Right. So an extra two dollars, folks. Uh, and you can have a wine that instead of being uh, fucking half whatever exactly, I mean, it's, it's minimal. Instead of uh, a, a wine which people say this is a homemade wine, you know, which is not as good as a four dollar bottle I could buy at the store, they're saying this is like a forty or fifty dollar bottle. I mean, two dollars is the difference between night and day. So I, this one, I just I say buy the very best grapes you can get. That's the key to success. And one way to do that, if you're a small, more typical 5 to 20 gallon kind of home winemaker, which is probably the vast majority, see if you can get a hold of a club in your area, not even necessarily to make the wine with, although I think it's a great idea, but for purchasing purposes. Because it's going to be almost impossible, or it's going to be difficult to find someone to buy just 50 pounds of a premium grape or 100 pounds, right. as opposed to you get together with a group and you're buying a ton of grapes. Well, now that opens up a better market for high quality. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, totally. In fact, I believe Tim, who is listening along here, if I'm remembering correctly, and we do get a lot of people writing to us, but I think it was Tim who said, I'm in Kansas City, how can I get good grapes? And I wrote to our connection in Cleveland, uh, Carl, the great man, and Carl said, hey, get a few people together, and if you can account for, you know, two or three or four thousand pounds of grapes, which that's not a huge amount of money if you get a bunch of people together, I will route one of my trucks from California wow. through Kansas City. Oh, that's awesome. So anybody who wants to get a, a truck of premium quality grapes, if you can get a few friends together, tell us. Let us know. Seller dwellers, yeah. seller dwellers at TalkShoe.com. Call into the show and talk to us here on uh, TalkShoe.com. Call ID 18. Let us know. And Carl is really excited to get you some really primo quality grapes. Absolutely. All right. What is uh, our top ten uh, mistake number four? They're passionate one. Well, number four, this we did that. Oh, rub it in. This I know exactly where you're going. Ah, we you're, got, you're hurting me. We got a you're little acidic, ah. adding too much acid. Ah. And it was really, and it was in our 04 Merlot. It was our one wine. Other than, now, the wine that went bad with the cap from the oxida- oxidation was a good, a well-made wine. It was a post-winemaking problem. Right. This was right. a right-in-the-heart-of-it winemaking yeah. problem. We had a lot of, lot of We looked at the numbers wrong. Yeah, we did. Well, I not even looked at them wrong, but here's, here's the takeaway. Um, we had Merlot, 
it was not acidic enough, which often happens. You get the grapes in there; they don't. And it, have and it was a particularly high sugar. Exactly, level. and uh, you know, if you don't have enough acid, you're not going to have any backbone. You're going to have a very wimpy wine. So you do want to, if you get a um, a wine in, and the TA, like on a red wine, is not somewhere between point total acidity. Uh, I think it's actually good. Good job helping our friends. Not well that. because. Some of our listeners might be far and TNA has a totally different meaning. <laughs> right. It might. So, uh, you know. Most of the places I hang out, it means something. <laughs> I, I bet it does. So, total acidity or a titratable acidity, whichever works for you. And uh, it needs to be between 0.60 and 0.75 for red wine. And the problem is if you're below that, which a lot of grapes come in below that, you're going to have a wimpy, flabby red wine with no backbone. So we've always paid careful attention. We bought the kits to do the TA. And, uh, you know, one year, our TA was way down. I went up on the Internet. I looked up a formula. It said you need to do this and this and this. And I just threw in all of the tartaric acid that it said. And This was in our Bible from... Uh uh, it wasn't UC Berkeley. UC Berkeley, no, or UC Davis. Davis, Davis. Uh, it was not. Um, I looked it up somewhere else. I can't remember exactly where it was. So, but it, so it gave a different calculation. It gave a formula, yeah. and I did the formula, and just I put it all in at once, and it was too much. Mm. As you as you know, after the fact, it was so it it lowered the pH to way down around like 2.9 or 3.0, which is way below where you want it to be. And uh, the takeaway is no matter what math you do to try to adjust sugar or acidity or whatever the dynamic is, uh, take it in steps, a little step at a time. Because I followed the formula, which was wrong, and ended up uh, our 04. We still have some of this Merlot, and it is just, it's way too sharp. And not only is it too sharp, but because the pH is so low, it never did its uh, uh, MLF, its malolactic fermentation, and therefore uh, it's it's just not done. It's it's not done. It's not good. We didn't get where we needed to be. Did did it affect the overall uh, primary fermentation? Because we had some fermentation later on. We had actually some yeah. carbonation in that one. It was I the only think... one that had the only time that happened. And how how do you think the too much acid played into that chemically? Well, we were measuring the sugar level, and so I think it did not affect the primary fermentation. Um, I so think do you think that was just a yeast, yeast issue? The yeast burned through. It, it was, was still the, some sugar. the malolactic bacteria that could not um, do its job. So, uh, And we tried, um, you know, uh, realizing the mistake, we tried to do the, uh, um, what do they call it? The, uh, it's uh, sort of lagering, sort of freezing. Yeah, it was freezing the, it, yeah you try to freeze it and precipitate out the tartaric, the tartaric acid, acid yeah. crystals and... It may have helped. It probably helped a little bit, but we never really got where we needed to be. So I'm with you. Um, Too much acid, whether you start there or you don't adjust properly, um, that's that's a problem. So that brings us to number five in terms of our top ten biggest mistakes, and it relates. 
and other I've heard so many people do this. This they, is a they, common they problem. They bottle before fermentation is done. Yes. And when that happens, um, either you shut down the fermentation and your wine is too sweet, and you know a Cabernet with a hint more sugar than you need to be. I remember oh, this one time. Oh, any any good yeah, I, premium uh, grape and I wine. I did a little test oh. one time. I took a bottle of Cabernet and added one half. One half of one teaspoon of sugar, just to see what happens. And that's in the 750 milliliters. And meanwhile, exactly. keep in mind, there's 12 teaspoons in a 12 ounce can of exactly. soda. Exactly, and I'm adding one so think half. So think about it. Perspective. Well, nicely framed there, passionate one. Yeah. And uh, it ruined it. The wine tasted terrible yeah. with half a teaspoon, half a teaspoon of sugar. So if you're not burning your sugar out, um, you know you got a problem. And so measure further, it, right? When you're fermenting, measure your specific gravity. Use your triple scale hydrometer, and you should. And be how, around, much, how much? Are, how much? That's not an expensive part, oh, of, the, part of the. Less system. than ten bucks. Yeah, it's a cheap. Right. It's it's very and and accurate, very accurate. Very not accurate. a lot of money. Anyone, you, I don't care if you're making two gallons, you should have one of those. And you should be well below one triple zero. In fact, you should be around point nine nine two. Let's say nine nine two nine nine three, which doesn't sound like a lot of difference oh, in scale. But that's your but half a teaspoon. That is it's, your half a teaspoon in, in a, 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 a fifth. Exactly. Of one, right? And by the way, if you bottle before your fermentation is done, what else? What yeast, else can happen there? Well, your yeast could be still strong enough to keep fermenting. Uh huh. Now you're going to put more carbon dioxide uh, into the bottle. It can't get out. So it goes into the wine, so you and you've got a little fizz. bit of champagne. Yeah, fizzy. Yeah. Fizzy, fizzy, fizzy. But interestingly. Well, now that you Let's relate to the story in Italy. Now, uh, they, they, they do this in Italy. Cause, but this is quick treat. Inexpensive table wine. A lot of the wine they had had a little carbonation. Exactly. And, and, and it was okay. I have less bias. I'm more open-minded about this now. A little bit of fizz, even in a red wine, even in a Cabernet or Merlot or Syrah or Zinfandel, can be an interesting thing. So maybe you want to work this to your advantage. Well, certainly for inexpensive, quick drinking red wine in Italy, I gotta it's say, not an issue. I the, the, the Italians, they're I think they're onto something. Of course. The fine food we were having with it may have thrown oh. a bias that way a little bit. <laughs> and with a hot dog, I don't think I want a <laughs> no, but You know what? The, the, the wonderful people in Italy. The, the it made, it, we could be drinking anything. It was amazing, and the and food was, was unbelievable. That was Wow, wow, wow. All right. This next one. By the way, um, our, our friend uh, JTC Webb on TalkShoe has reminded us the word when you try to precipitate out the acid crystals, when you put too much tartaric acid in, it's called cold stabilization. So Aha. thank you, TalkShoe. Thank you, JTC Web. Cold stabilization. Cold stabilization. That's that what sounds like a, like a 25th wedding anniversary to me. <laughs> <laughs> Just a thought. <laughs> Okay, the number six biggest mistake of being a home winemaker. One we've never done. No, we've never done. <laughs> we've this. never no, done. This. No, we didn't. Drinking it too soon. Actually, we really, How we really have. Drink it too soon. We really have.
I mean, we taste, we will we'll have a, an extra bottle or magnum uh, to, to to enjoy, but we don't tap into um, you know it's off right the first year you're yeah, so you, excited you, you want to wanna just start drinking it. and but, that's right. maybe not the worst uh, maybe thing not the worst do. thing exactly maybe not the worst thing you can do but especially if you top it back off and try to save some of that two or five gallon carboy if you're just real small first time until maybe even next fall when you're ready to start your next bit of wine and drink it then it will be a lot better but i know a lot of folks that will have a barrel with a um a spout uh a tasting spout in the bottom that an old barrel like a little um 15 gallon and they just all summer long all winter and summer long they're popping glasses out of, with that little spout, just like a, a out of a keg, and the thing's filling up with oxygen. And by midsummer, the stuff is like vinegar. Yeah. Well, that's that you don't want. Yeah. To you, the oxygen. That's a bad thing. But drinking a little at the beginning is okay. Just watch that oxygen. Yeah. Hey, um, I think we need to uh, break from our um, basic idea here and do some wine news. We actually have news. We have news. Now, I gotta say, and and now uh, I'm I'm showing this to you for sure. Red wine prevents tooth decay, <laughs> and those who know the passionate one who've listened to the show know he is a dentist. Correct. So this you probably don't want to hear this article, right? Because you're always into promoting tooth decay, right? You That's and I should it. have our teeth to our 120. But I knew you'd love the next article, and I, I swear to God, folks, I'm reading this straight off of Google. Go search it for yourself. Put where, in, where, where'd, you, where'd you find Go to one? Google and put in Wine Prevents Cavities, and the number two second article, uh, and I'll just show this to you here. Gummy bears can fight cavities, okay? I'm just saying. So there's, there's some dentist out there that is working to <laughs> the Google ratings. But that said... Uh, I, That's I, the news? <laughs> no, i got to read the... Red the actual study says red wine. Don't be biased by the fact they claim gummy bears prevent cavities. That's just what I'm saying. The same site uh, is saying that? Well, that was Google. The number public? one. Okay. These are the number one and number two Google results. But according to a study published published in the journal Food Chemistry, mm. is that one you read all the time or write for? Frequently. Uh, researchers have concluded that drinking moderate amounts, which means less than four bottles a day. We're out. Uh, <laughs> exactly. We're, we're north of that amount, but less than four bottles a day. Moderate amounts of red wine help rinse teeth clean of cavity-producing bacteria during and after meals. Uh, I'm not even going to read the rest of it. I think that's such a that great was habit. that was the gist of that's the article. That's the gist of the article. Uh, red well, wine. No need to visit the dentist. Did it, did it, did it. <laughs> I know I, this is hurting. I, I am hurting advocating you. Uh, hurting that you. one. Oh. But 
Did it say why? Was it the alcohol or the acidity or what? what well, but okay. acidity wouldn't be good for your teeth. So is it the alcohol breaking down the bacteria? But the thing is, plaque forms within five minutes of brushing anyway. So I, I, that's uh, they took the alcohol out, and yet still found this effect. Well, what's the point? Well, exactly. <laughs> no at this point, um. You know, somehow it was the something else in the red wine. Um, they think it is the uh, here. Can you here? Can you pronounce this word? This word right there. I need your glasses. Yeah. Well, the one that says uh, here. Try this one. These are, are, these, these are, are what are these? Twelve pounds? <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Pro. Proantho cyanides. Cyanide. It sounds like yes. Proanthocyanidins. That's what it is. Like cyanide. Never heard of it. Yeah. Um, Me neither. So that's the compound. That's the component of red wine that protects the teeth. Proanthocyanidins. Wow. It's a naturally occurring uh, flavonoid already attributed with having antioxidant properties. Yeah. So we've talked about the health benefits. Yeah, we have. So there you go. But this is a new one. But pro. Hmm. I've never even heard of that. I have no idea what that is. But I think we should name, call our next wine that. I like the thought. So that's our wine news of the week or the year since we just started the show. That is our first one. Thank you, David, for the wine theme. So so red wine can prevent the bacteria which results that's in cavity. That's the bottom line. Hmm. And, it's, and it states red wine specifically. Not, and not minus the alcohol. Exactly. Even minus, so, the, minus alcohol. the alcohol. So it's not, nothing to do with the alcohol destroying the bacteria. Imagine right? that. All right, back to our top ten biggest mistakes. Uh, let's see, we talked about drinking it too soon, which is a real problem the first year, a little less you know, subsequent years because you can always drink the previous years. So it got so much easier the second year. Hey, number seven is, uh, frankly, I think uh, using only one kind of yeast we have found if you take your grapes and divide them in half and use two kinds of yeast to get more flavor, or using only one kind of oak or no oak at all, um, throw the oak in there. And don't buy barrels, folks. Uh, buy the chips and add them into your carboys or whatever your your vats are. I, I love the idea of a little bit of French oak, a little bit of Hungarian oak, a little bit of American oak. A uh, couple different kinds of yeast. Yeast separate batches, mind you, not at the same time. But this is where you can get so much more complexity and flavor than if you're just doing, you know, one. And make sure that if you're going to use two different yeasts, say for a specific varietal, so you got a cabin and your sugar's a little higher, Make sure both can handle that that sugar level, though. That's important. As we go back to um, number uh, yeah, the, the sugar, right? Exactly. You know, of our, our our mistakes. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, the wrong yeast. If you've got too high a sugar, and you don't burn that uh, out, you're exactly right. It's, you're going to have sure. either a sweet wine or the other thing we talked about. Well, and you just fermentation and carbonation. Cabernet or Merlot or Zinfandel or your classic reds when they've got too much sugar. I've yet to taste a good one. Uh, you know, if you burn out all the sugar and you've got some fizz, yeah, it's that that, that works that's, okay. That's, that's I'm starting story. to adjust yeah. to that, but not 
too much sugar, and even a small amount, just a hint, is bad. Well, and you know, you, you're, this was actually two things you brought up, you, using only one kind of yeast. Or not I was sort of getting into the complexity of the wine that you could create. It's like a mistake yeah, cause a if you lot, don't do it. A lot of the folks um, that I know that make smaller um, volumes of homemade wine, they, they do one of two things. They use a cardboard, carboy and do not add any um, oak, or they use really old uh, barrels that their grandfather, I have, a, I have two different Italian friends who make homemade wine. These barrels are about 50 years old. Well, I've got news for you. You ain't getting no oakiness out of those barrels. We're only 50, on our seventh year, year exactly, and we're getting and done we're done. Them. Our barrels exactly. are done, exactly. And we have decided, as in our maybe I think our last show or maybe two ago, yeah. we talked about we're going Wood to variable too much work, variable much volume maintenance. storage aging containers, um, i.e., meaning a cylinder with a lid that flows up and down, basically, um, and adding oak to it. Um, we've determined that we get these these new containers um, have pretty well scientifically figured out the micro oxygenation that Not happens in an oak yeah. and you're going to obviously get the oak flavor from your shavings or yep. chips, or whatever you're going to throw in. There. Yeah, well, you throw in the chips for sure. Yeah. So, and and the nice thing about that is uh, you're going to have the container for the rest of your life. Unlike an oak barrel, you're only going to have five. To, we're pushing it at seven years now. Or yeah, I think we're, we're pretty much yeah. Done. You don't have the maintenance of the oak barrel. By the way, oak barrels are expensive. They're more, they're way more expensive. Hundreds, they don't hundreds of dollars, and you got them uh, seven times, right. seven. A seasons. lot of maintenance, um, and oh. um, so there's those are three good reasons to go with a variable container uh, and add oak chips. Yeah, but, I, sure. but I agree. I've had I've had friends. Uh, on the other hand, besides the old my old Italian friends using a fifty year old barrel that wasn't adding any oak, just say, "Oh, I'm not a adding any oak to my wine." And I've actually got three of the four that I'm thinking of convinced to add oak. Oh. And they are now, and and the difference it makes. You know what? If you make they think red wine, that you're not really making wine if you're going no, to no, no, and that oak no. is fundamental to the flavor over that. of red wine. That's the way it is. All right, we've got one more theme here to something else. We have right. idioms come out tonight? No, no, actually, no idioms. I didn't have a theme <laughs> to introduce for <laughs> you didn't see stupidity. <laughs> what can I say? No, I, I, I can give you a I couple. Wanted to, I wanted to have some kind of introduction. <laughs> hey, folks, a couple of things from Winemaker, Winemaker Magazine. Uh, we, we've done this in years past. Uh, Great magazine. They, they are, it's yeah, winemakermag.com. And by the way, they used to sponsor us, but they don't anymore. But we still love them. We're we started still... listening to the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's what We're done. Right. Exactly. Well, we know what we do. Those guys anymore. We still love them, even if they don't they, love us. We do. We do. They, we it's do. a great magazine. Uh, publisher, editor Brad Ring does a great job. Hey, here's the story, folks. They've got a great uh, competition where you can enter your wine in, uh, I think it's the largest amateur, or uh, maybe that's the wrong word, home winemaker, because we're not necessarily amateurs. So home winemaker, yeah, I mean, non-professional, non-professional winemaker competition, uh, March 15th. 
We've got that, about just a little over two weeks here. It's uh, Feb 27 as we record this show. So uh, March 15th, you got to send your wine in. The judging is going to be April 16th through 18th. And uh, you know, just go to the, the website winemakermag.com. And if you really want to get into this and sort of learn the great uh, techniques and taste a lot of wonderful wine, um, part of where, like, where do we learn how to do, like, the two yeasts? Uh, it was at a winemaker conference. Uh, winemaker Magazine has their annual conference in Stevenson, Washington on May 21 and 22. And uh, you want to really go sort of raise your technique, your skill to the next level. Uh, that's the place to they'll, do they'll it. They'll help so you get there, yeah. They will. Sure. So that wasn't really an idiom, but, uh, you know, that's <laughs> the only theme I had ready to go. Holy mackerel, I thought you broke that glass. Well, these heavy, these uh, thick Coke bottle glasses you gave me. All right, so uh, number seven. Which no, but, but, only but, let me just throw one more thing in there. Um, if you're if you're worried about oh you're going to be against all these different wines, there are twenty five. I'm going to say different fifty, 50 categories. different categories. You know. So you could have you could be real specific. You could be real general. There's a lot of different categories. So whatever way, wine you've made, there's a category. Exactly. So do and it. Send your wine in because you're going to get some great feedback, and it will help you either tasting. Yeah, tasting. Yeah. Notes. You're, yeah. you're either going to display a, a metal, gold, silver, bronze, or you're going to have some feedback that's going to help you next year make something that is going to impress your friends even more. Oh, so, and, and what's that? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we won a gold and a silver there. <laughs> we did. We did. In years past. Yeah. So, uh, do you want to enter this year? Should we send a couple bottles in? I think we should. I we haven't in the last year or two. We so did we not. Should. I think it's time to get back and, into and, it. And so. there's a minimum of two bottles you per type of You send a pair of bottles right. uh, for each of 750 milliliter, yeah. Right. Yeah, and there's a small fee, but in the scheme of things, hey, we got far more in return than we ever paid. Uh, it's, all, it's all a great fun. Although I want to be a judge. I think that's really where you want to go. What do you say we drive up to Manchester, New Hampshire mm, this year? Then? I'm in. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. We will. You know what? In fact... We're just going to shortcut this thing. Send us your wine. We'll judge it. We'll judge it. We'll, we'll We've got lots of cheesy exactly. metals. We can <laughs> exactly. So send them to us. You know, passionate one. <laughs> exactly. You're guaranteed to get a gold medal. A gold, gold medal, but we do require six bottles of each of your If you want a gold. <laughs> right. Four bottles of silver. Four bottles of silver. silver. Exactly. Hey, what's our number? Uh, number eight, eight, eight by the biggest way, wine-making mistake we've ever made. This I truly well, believe is an you issue. You were just pointing this out as we just walked tonight. into this room. Right. We had a great dinner tonight. We, we had, did. We drank oh. some of our homemade wine. Buff, Stroganoff, unbelievable. Really The good. Hungarian wife of the passionate one has done another Cooking amazing... Cooking up a storm in the... In, in, in the uh, uh, record-setting snowfall for February for for the Pittsburgh area, by the way. Uh, we just blew the old record up. I, I spent an hour and a half this morning with a 26-inch snowblower, which is 10 horsepower. Still took an hour and a half. And this was like the third or fourth major snow. Uh, of course, nothing compared to the 20-some inches we got earlier this month. But, but all still this month. We're getting hammered. 
Yeah. Hammered here. Well, that's where you made your mistake. I had my Hungarian wife shoveling the driveway. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> number <laughs> eight. Yeah. Smarter I don't even have a snowboard. All right. What are our top ten biggest mistakes? Number, number eight. Number eight. And this is a big one. Buying low-quality or cheap corks. Um, what we have noticed over the years, because we don't drink it all up front, and we make such a volume, even for us it would be difficult to drink uh, it all in one sometimes year. Sometimes our wine, you know, we produce 1,000 bottles that last two, three I've weeks. Got, I've still got... <laughs> Maybe even four weeks. You still have many of my 04 <laughs> Now, we do have 04. We do. So we, we, we got do six years old. Yeah. And and cheap corks, you will notice, even having the bottle... You were just pointing this out tonight. It out, and this is 07. This is 07. Right, so this is only three years old. Um, Apparently a and, bad cork. And some bad corks where you'll see that line running from the inside of the bottle to the exterior of the bottle where the cork didn't have enough of its mass to press against the glass and there's a sort of a stream where you'll get that oxygenation and you can really destroy a bottle of wine. And the thing is, what is the difference between the cheapest and the most expensive cork? 20 cents, 25 cents? The the cheapest is in the 25 cent range. And the most expensive is 50 cents. Yeah, 45 yeah. Right, so, so how about going for a quarter? Unless you, um, maybe if you're making one carboy, which would be 25 bottles, and you're going to drink them all within six months. But hey, folks, if you're using good quality grapes, you could be saving bottles for five to ten years, frankly. Yeah, five to ten years, and we spend fifty cents on the cork. Yeah, and that gets back to drinking too soon. I mean. As you start to improve the quality of your homemade wine, keep keep some cases around. You know, like keep it. You know, two years later, even three years later, at Christmas or Christmas presents, you're giving out some bottles of wine and have good corks in there so it's not trashed. Which which we've we've made the mistake, but but that was really only um, one or two years we got the cheaper corks. Yeah, we learned. Yeah, we learned. I have not had an issue with screw caps, by the way. Oh, interesting. This could, be, uh, this could be a long discussion, and we're an hour into the show already, so let's not go to the, the screw cap. Time flies when we're wasting time. Exactly. <laughs> hey, number nine. Um, you know, frankly, this is one. Uh, you start with too much sugar, and uh, we've gotten some grapes that come in. If you want uh, a good quality red wine grape, you want to be at 22.5%. 24.5%, somewhere in that range. Yeah, you get over of 25, you're going yeah, to get 25 percent or 25 bricks, and it gets to be a lot of work. So either you need a, a special yeast like EC1118 that's going to burn up all that sugar, or you've got to ameliorate by adding water to knock down the percentage of sugar. So that your yeast can basically handle it. diluting your wine. Diluting your wine is really what which I means. haven't found uh, that to be a, a horrible choice. What you do not want to have happen is that yeast uh, hits its um, saturation point in terms of burning up the sugar, and it dies in its own waste product or alcohol. And so I think that uh, starting with too much sugar. You've got two possibilities. Either you're not going to burn all the sugar, or you're going to get a wine that's too hot, that's too alcoholic. 
So uh, and that definitely, if, even if everything else is right with it, yeah, uh, that gets a little tough to handle. Yeah, exactly. We uh, can handle uh, it. But exactly. You probably can. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't try this at home. <laughs> a Cabernet that has 17 or 18 percent alcohol, just it's uh, overwhelming. It's too sharp. It's too. It's not going to work for you. So now, but here's the thing, though. We're we're talking about top <clears throat> ten uh, top ten mistakes. You could have a very premium, good quality grape otherwise whose sugar comes in a little hot. And that's not necessarily making a mistake. The mistake really is not um, approaching that properly with the appropriate yeast. So keep some good um, EC1118 um, around um, or measuring that sugar content, the bricks, Early on, at the, at the point of um, crushing and distemming, and um, adding water, diluting to the appropriate. And there's tables available, readily available. If you don't have them, contact us. We'll get them to you, um, so that you don't end up with the really bad problem of not eating up all that sugar and having it in the wine yeah. one way or another. Yeah, too sweet a wine where you have. You can deal the with the higher sugar. What I'm talking about is you can still end up with a premium, a premium to, wine even if it you. comes in a little hot. Because most of our wines, quite our grapes, quite frankly, have come in on the hotter side. On the right. Higher so sugar side. I'm with you. It's not so much starting with too much sugar. It's not dealing with it. That's right. Right. So that that's cool. And how about uh, our top ten mistakes number number ten, which we made the very first year with Urzin. Although I'm, you know, we're down to number ten. I don't think this was the this worst. This is the mistake. least worst. Exactly. Mistake. The least worst mistake. But it's not um, getting into MLF or malolactic fermentation. And numbers guy. As briefly as you can, which means let's try to keep it under 15 minutes, <laughs> describe MLF. Well, the, the short version is it's a bacteria that you add to the wine, and they call it a secondary fermentation. But I don't know if fermentation is the right word. Technically, it's a fermentation. Yeah, but you're, you're converting, converting lactic acid to malic acid as opposed to your primary fermentation, which is sugar to alcohol. Uh, but in both cases, a byproduct is uh, your your carbon dioxide. Here's the the long and the short. I think you said that backwards. You're turning malic acid into lactic acid. Yes. Did I say that? Backwards? You said it backwards. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you. So it's malolactic fermentation because lactic acid is what we think of. You're right. Lactose in milk. Right. That sort of it's a salty feel. Yeah. Whereas malic acid is your sharp green apple, Granny Smith apple. Right. So thank you for uh, <laughs> cluing our listeners into my mistake. Um, the the problem is if you don't go through MLF, you're going to end up with a wine where it is much, um, I'm going to say sort of more like grape juice than like red wine. It's fruitier, which is great, but it doesn't have that sort of complexity that you associate with red wine. So uh, if you really want to try, if you're aiming to produce something that is, um, you know, not uh, sweet and simple, you want to do a MLF, add the bacteria, and frankly, you do it the first year, it's going to get into wood in your barrels, and you've got it every year thereafter. Well, that brings up a good point. Since we're going to be 
phasing out our oak barrels. Yes, you're using We're not glass have, because you or can't get rid of this bacteria once you start it, which is a not good thing. in oak exactly. But if you're but in glass tanks or stainless steel, you better not be, gonna be there. throw that in every year. And it just it it it's what converts grape juice to what you think of as red wine in but terms of the full complexity. But doesn't it also take sort of a harsher? more acidic, bitier wine and make it more complex and a little more velvet uh, palate feel? Well, it does change the, the mouthfeel. And uh, one of our listeners says is there are problems starting MLF too late. And I think, uh, yes, if you start it too close to, this is what happened to us one year, if you start it too close to uh, bottling and it doesn't go through the full transition, which can frankly take two or three months, then you bottle, MLF happens in the bottle, it still throws off carbon dioxide as its byproduct, that can't escape and you end up with um, the fizzy red wine. So yes, you want to, frankly, you want to go through your primary yeast fermentation and put it in your barrels or whatever you're storing it in, and then go straight to MLF, like right away. Right after. Right after. So two, three weeks in. And then don't bottle for three months thereafter because it doesn't go fast for the MLF. Yeah. Is there um, a minimum uh, time necessary for the MLF and how is there any way to measure when that's completed well there is um, not with any kind of uh, home kit that that we've ever discovered but if you take your wine down to like your uh, local winemaker they can do a a spectrometry is that how you say it where they I don't don't know how to say the science of it but um, they do have at a at a high end home winemaking supply store. They can actually measure. They can measure. Yeah, exactly. But it's not something you can do. It don't try this at home. Is it Take something a sample that you could maybe more just taste and know when it's done and no. know that you're ready? No, um, I mean that's, that's not that early one. on. That's a, that's a tough one. More, I would say, if uh, you're confident your pH is not too low and your alcohol is not too high, and you add the right kind of uh, MLF bacteria, and you let it go three months, you know, you probably have confidence. You're not going to have any problem in the bottle. Right. Okay. But if you're questioning it at all, take a little sample, a couple of ounces down to your home wine making supply store. They can probably test it for you. All right. So uh, that was... uh, That was it. That was our 10... But I've got a bonus one, which happened tonight. Thank God. Yes, uh, bonus number 11 of the top 10 biggest mistakes. Oh, this is if you're making multiple (laughs) beers and many bottles. (laughs) I am guilty of this. Failing to label your bottles or your cases. Or your cases. You know what? We were in uh, Telluride, what was that, three years ago? And uh, the yes. passionate one shows up, and it, he's got a big magnum of Cabernet. And he opens it up, and it fizzes all over the place. Well, it turned it out wasn't our that cow. was the, 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 the too acidic Merlot. And we had fun with it, and we fixed it, and we shake it, and the you know, gas out, it. and we yeah, we still enjoyed it. 
and it was not horrible. But folks, but you're bragging about one thing, and you're okay. Exactly, else, so. it's uh, it's tough to keep up with uh, once you've got several dozen cases of this and that. Uh, they get mixed up, and you do not remember what you did yeah. the previous keep- night when you were drinking several. Uh, dozen glasses of the, you know, so... If you're getting into that 20, 30, 50-gallon range a year, you're going to start having bottles of wine laying around. It and going, Oh, it what is happen. that? I don't know. Because um, we don't label everything, although labeling is a passion of mine and developing them, and it's fun. <laughs> you make great labels. You just don't apply them to I don't the put them on any bottles. <laughs> exactly. But that's just for gifts. All right. Do you have a final, final, final bonus for our listeners? A top ten biggest mistakes we've made. Well, that we have made. Personally. Yeah, we made. Maybe they haven't made. <laughs> this, is, this is ongoing, not pressing for a think podcast. I, I think, <laughs> exactly. How many times have we failed to, to plan even... Two minutes ahead of time for you know. Well, this the was air. what our seventieth show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so and sixty nine times we failed. I would say <laughs> times we're up there. All right, uh, you are so right. You are so right. Well, our listeners have wasted yet again another what uh, hour? More than minutes? more than an hour. Man, oh man, oh man. But it's a new year. Um, so they've got more time to burn, right? We're in the middle of winter, and one we've thing, not wasted that much of their time this year. We haven't. But one thing we're thinking about mid-year here that I just mentioned to the numbers guy tonight at dinner yes. is making some rice wine, otherwise known as sake. Sake. It, now, is that rice or plum? I thought there was some no, plum in the well, rice what wine. What is wrong with you? I don't know. Plum wine's made from plums. There's plum wine. Sake. Sake's made from rice. It's sake purely rice. There's no, no plum to the sake. Until you <laughs> Hey, folks, no right, plums. Uh, All we right. are cellar dwellers at TalkShoe.com. Come on, help me out here. Is is there any plum in rice wine? <laughs> I think I phrased that wrong. Is there any plum in sake? There you go. Well, I know there isn't, but rice wine, i.e. sake, is something you can make in the middle of winter, which would be a lot of fun because... Quite frankly, winemaking is wonderful, but so much of it happens in just a two, three-week period in the fall that midwinter, it's be kind of fun to to uh, play around with some other uh, fermentation, i.e. sake. So we'll let you know. I'm playing the idiot alert here. <laughs> idiot or idiot? <laughs> idiot. Did I set it off? I set off the idiot alert. Idiot. Hey. All right. Hey, I think, that's our, I think that's our show for tonight. We've got no idiot alerts. We went out with the idiot alerts. We got, alert? got a couple of idiot alerts here. So uh, that's that's it. When are we back? You know what? We we This is our first show like in two months. I know. I know. Well, we've, we've got to do this more often. We, we've got to get closer to once a month. So hey, I would say. i got to say, we're, 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 let's just tell our listeners, we're about to go on an, a phenomenal, oh, unbelievable ski trip. Ski trip. Out to Heavenly, Tahoe. yeah, Heavenly in in California uh, slash Nevada. What? It stretches into Nevada. Exactly. What a great, beautiful ski area. ski area. We're going with some friends, and here you go, folks. This is the beauty. We take 
um, some of our homemade wine to all these ski trips and just have so much fun talking about it, drinking it, enjoying it. Letting um, people blend the, the cab with the Merlot. We'll with take the Zinfandel to blend with while the... we're having dinner, oh. which we did tonight. We exactly. blended wine tonight. What a great time. So um, just one of the benefits, many benefits of home Plan wine Plan to buy some grapes this fall and make your own home wine make. You know, listen to our show. Go to the UC Davis uh, website. Or That's just sort of let it happen. Crush the grapes and, you know, wait till stuff shows up and you're, you know, you're connecting gonna, you're gonna with 6,000 years of humans. But truly, just watch that number one because too much oxygen can turn it into vinegar pretty quick um, with stray yeast and you don't want that. That will ruin your, your um, enjoyment of it. All right. Hey, we'll be back whenever we uh, come back. about a month. <laughs> a month? We'll give right. you more than two hours notice. I like uh, Oh, good thinking. All right. So uh, I think we need to play our outro theme here. I think here it is. And remember. Remember what? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember. Ah, we've forgotten. But how about the more you drink, oh, the better we sound. There you go. I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember. We, I couldn't remember us ever sounding good. <laughs> well, you really got your crapola together here with the shocker, with the music fading in and out just right. Did you do that on? Don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.